Guy, guy. All right, Cliff. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, and welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. My name is Mike Samuelson. I'm coming to you, not live, but on a recording uh, <laughs> from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, no Dan today. Dan, he's uh, he's in the wilderness. He's looking for chinchillas. That's all we know right now. He can't say anymore. Uh, but we do have the next best thing, which is Ryan Palmer. Ryan, how you doing? Wow. Wow. That is a uh, big drop, but the next best. That I'm honored. That's there's a big there's a big drop from between one and two, but uh, I am honored honored to be here. Uh, there is a crying baby in the next room, so uh, I'm I'm gonna be popping in and out. So there's my intro. I'm gonna pop out. <laughs> we really need a, a visual component with all the the popping in and out for this, or maybe just like a GoPro on Ryan's head. Who's that over there? Colin Smith. I'm having a great weekend. Uh, my life is is not as stressful as Palmer's right now. It's the uh, first night of Hanukkah. Uh, I mean, Thanksgiving was great and everything, but Hanukkah, much better day for me. Thanksgiving really just just a prelude. Yeah, exactly. I'll call that a prelude, but, you know, that's splitting splitting hairs. But uh, I ran in a little, you know, Hanukkah-themed 5K in the morning, and then we gave uh, in our son some Hanukkah presents. That makes everybody happy. Uh, your, your classic latke-filled Hanukkah dinner. Yes. Uh, I'm drinking... Uh- I'm drinking What's the my over wife's under on number of days the house will smell like oil. I'm going to go with four. <laughs> uh, I'll take the under on that, uh, just based okay. on our ventilation. But oh, it yeah, does smell like oil system. right now. Definitely, right now you know exactly how my house smells. Um, I'm drinking my wife's leftover red wine because she's uh, asleep on the couch probably. Uh, okay. So yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, although I would say my son did try to uh, derail my potting. Because he, we gave him for Hanukkah this animatronic, very creepy animatronic, uh, soft school bus that sings. Kind of like mm. if you remember Billy the Big Mouth Bass, I think is the name of the thing. It's a fish that you mount to the wall and then it like sang a song. This is like probably a 15-year-old like gag gift thing. Uh, but imagine that, but a soft school bus. Very creepy. Uh, but he Is this something it. that he specifically requested? He just wanted a soft school bus, like a stuffed school bus that he could, because he's on, you know, to take toys to bed, they have to be soft. You can't take a hard toy to bed. Yeah, you can't take Legos to bed. Exactly. So he wanted a, a school bus he could take to bed. So that's what he was purchased for him. And uh, he was crying in the bath and before and after the bath because he knows that toys that make noise, you can't get them wet because they'll break. Oh. No. Right? And so he had to leave that toy, obviously, in his room during bath time. But he was still worried that he would get his hands wet during the bath <laughs> and that he would come back and ruin his favorite new toy. And so the whole time it would be like, just, buddy, I promise you, I will dry your hands off so well. I will dry your hands so well. And he was just, he couldn't believe that that his hands could get dry enough that he'd be able to handle it. So. I, I really respect, though, that he, like, wants to take care of his stuff. I think this is a good a good omen in a disposable society. So I respect it. <laughs> also, this reminded me: Did you ever uh, 
listen to the audiobook and or read the non-audiobook teach the school bus <laughs> school bus driver when you were a kid no you should get this for your kids if you love school buses uh it's great it's just a magical journey of cheech martin of cheech and chong uh sounds great he's driving a bus uh but it's kid friendly i i'm pretty sure it was my parents let me listen to it uh and i found it to be very funny back then and i bet you'd find it to be even funnier now i imagine there's a lot of like hidden adult humor in there yeah i was gonna say for your like moms and dads yeah so sounds great i will look it up I there's a few more nights of hanukkah it's not too late get that cheech the magic school bus driver in there for your kids Christians, also, you can get that for your kids for Christmas. <laughs> you got to wait. Christians, it. you got to wait. You got to wait. wait. You can get it now and just hold on to it. Um, That's great. That's a level Hanukkah update. How was your Hanukkah? Uh, You know, we got back. We got back from the parents for Thanksgiving, and we just we haven't gotten into the Hanukkah festivities right now. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of food mm-hmm. in the house. Light your candles. Uh, We didn't light the candles. And surprisingly, I saw my mom today, and she did not mention it, which is very surprising. Wow, Jude, I'm I disappointed. To, I had to read about today being the first day of Hanukkah on the internet, which is Shocking. not what I would have expected. Shocking. Not what I would have expected. But anyway, luckily, it's a week, week and then some long holiday, so I'll give you an update on the next pod as we're wrapping things up. I expect your house to smell like oil very soon. Get involved. It's possible. I, I do enjoy a latke. Um, all right. We've got a two and a half ish man pod. Uh, we haven't done a lot of prep, uh, but we have not potted for at least a week, which we means got we've content. got a nice little buildup of emails, which is frankly all we could ever ask for on this first night of Hanukkah. Uh, and with no Dan, I'm just going to just dive right into them. Um, first email is from Spencer. This email was after the U.S. men's national team win against Mexico before we drew against Jamaica. Um, he says a lot of stuff. Not all of it's really relevant at this point uh, since we're later and there have been games that have been played. But one thing uh, that he pointed out that I want to get your thoughts on, Colin, is he wants to know where Gio Reyna fits into this team right now. Uh, Spence says, I'm not dropping Wea, who's been great, scored against Jamaica, even before Spence wrote this uh after Spence wrote this email. So Spence was, you know, ahead of the times. He said, he says, I'm not dropping Wea, Pulisic, Musa, Weston, or Adams. So is there a front six that works with him instead of Pepe? Or is he just a super sub? Um, so Colin, is there a place for Reyna in the starting lineup? Uh, and if so, who are you dropping to make room for him? So the obvious player to drop to make room for him, for me, is Wea. I, I agree. I agree with Spence that right now I'm not dropping Wea. Wea is on form, and you, he's—I don't want to say he's undroppable right now, but I wouldn't drop him. No, uh, Reyna starts the plays like comes off the bench in the next, you know, at least maybe at least the first game, and then the second game maybe you're rotating and he starts whatever. But he's not in the best eleven right now. Uh, the other place you could put him is in for Musa which I don't like. I think Musa gives us something different in midfield. And it's just Reyna, even though he's a young guy, he's not like a run at you dynamic kind of guy. He's a slower paced player, mm-hmm. um, which is he fine. strikes me as one of those fast, slow guys where like he never looks like he's running very fast, but he does occasionally run by people. But I agree. He's, yeah, he's not Musa. He's not going to just run by people all the time. Anyway, right. and, and having that of our, in our midfield three is useful and, and valuable. Yeah. Uh, 
So let's not give that up either. So Spencer said the interesting thing of uh, let's play Reina for Pepe. But now, since this email has been written, Christian Pulisic has played probably something like 100 and something minutes at Chelsea as a number nine and scored mm. two goals, I think, um, as a number nine and looked pretty damn good, basically. Uh, do I think we should actually do that to play Pulisic as a nine? No. I think Rand should come off the bench, like I just said. But if there was one guy who – if you want to play that – that six that Spence said, and you want to force that, the way you do it is Pulisic at the nine. He is more versatile and better. Like he, I know we don't like him centrally. I know that we've all been through this whole thing of he's, is he going to be a 10 or a wing? And he's a wing. Okay, fine. But he can play in the central center. So um, it's Pulisic who plays the nine. If, if that's, if you're stuck on that six, but being yeah. stuck on that six is short-sighted. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, for me, Pulisic is the guy coming off the bench if everyone's healthy. Just because we we haven't seen Pulisic play very well wow. for the national team consistently. Uh, like And by consistently, like just put a whole game together uh, where he's looked good. I mean, he was coming off of injury this last this last round, so he gets a little bit of a pass. Obviously, he had a really big goal. But he just kind of drifts in and out of games. He doesn't seem like he's uh, – it doesn't seem like we really know how to use him. So, for me, he's he's the one that's coming out. Palmer, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm going to try to NPR my voice because there's a baby that finally fell asleep in the next room. So I agree with you, Mike. I'm not exactly sure what we're talking about, but I agree with you. <laughs> uh, I think Pulisic coming off the bench is an insanely interesting tool to use, uh, especially given his... Um, uh, how dynamic of this a is why I say is. you're the next best thing next to Dan. You're calling players tools. This is exactly what we need on this podcast with Dan not here. That's I'm just trying to fill that void, you know. Um, I think you know the Mexico game uh, is a great example of um, him coming in and making a, a, a an immediate impact in like the 65th minute. Players are tired. Uh, be having a player like Pulisic to throw in there um, makes all of a difference. And, you know, I think we throw around super sub a lot, but uh, would that tarnish his, like, um, I don't know, legacy might be a, a, a bad term to use, but would that tarnish, you know, what we view him as a player um, if he uh, is coming off the bench and making a difference? I would say no, but... You know, some people might say that yeah. he has to be a starter to be like, you know, the greatest men's national team player ever, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, but... he, he doesn't necessarily have to be a starter or a starter every game. Um, you know, that's another thing is we might be able to just rotate enough players here where we can make all these guys start some games. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think like Greg loves, he seems to really love like wingers who are going to run at you. And Pulisic can do that, but he seems to every time he gets the ball, he like slows things down. And I think we need to find a way to get him just like I mean, Palmer. I know you love players going forward, and it seems like Pulisic right now, <laughs> his first touch is always like backwards or or horizontal, and it, that doesn't really fit in with what we want. We don't need any more wheel traps. That's all. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, all right, we'll we'll cycle back to the U.S. a little bit. 
uh, in a moment here. But we got an email from Pedro. Uh, this is after Mexico lost to Canada. So they went away to the U.S., they lost 2-0. Uh, went away to Canada in Edmonton. It was like four degrees outside. It was kind of snowy. <laughs> it was cold. Uh, they lose 2-1. Uh, you know, two tough games, the, the two hardest games. Uh, but they now find themselves, you know, they, they were in first. Uh, they now find themselves in third, just ahead of Panama on goal difference. Pedro, not happy. Uh, he says, officially jokerified. Time to sack that motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you thought about censoring it and then did not. I was just like, you know, <laughs> let's just let's just go for it. Even though Pedro Pedro wrote MF, but... I'm. We're coming here with the full, full <laughs> adult audio. In his mouth. Um, but guys, if you are, if you are a Mexican fan, or if you are the head of the Mexican Federation, are you sacking Tata Martino, uh, or are you letting him just keep it, keep it riding, and thinking that he can get this figured out? Palmer, we'll start with you. Uh, I. That's. I mean, listen. If we were. Uh, if the if the shoe was on the other foot, as they say, I think they say that, uh, we would be saying sack Burhalter. But we say sack Burhalter um, pretty much every week on this on this podcast, regardless of the result. Um, it's all about consistency. I <laughs> I'd say I mean I I think yes, right? Like you you've lost to Mexico three times in uh, in a calendar year, right? Uh, that's hasn't happened in whatever. Uh, listen to that special pod to figure that one out. But, um, you know, he's not lived up to what uh, he said he would do, and he's not lived up to to the promises that he's made. And um, and now they're fighting for their, their World Cup lives. I know that Colin says that, you know, these things go in cycles. Uh, Mexico might be in a down cycle, but I think Tata's uh, – is a good manager and should be a manager that, that should be able to like kind of write that ship and he hasn't been able to do it. So um, the, the goal is to qualify for the world cup. You got to do that. Uh, I would say, I would say sack him. Colin back him or sack him. Back him. He's fine. He's not that bad. Like it's, it's such an overreaction. Uh, there's two, two reasons. It's an overreaction. One, those are the two hardest games that Mexico has to play in the whole cycle. The point is to qualify. Those are your two hardest games. You lost both of them. Big fucking deal. Like, it'd be great to get points, but those are the two hardest games. And it's not close what the next hardest one is, right? So, um, totally forgivable to lose them. And second off, uh, I mean, if you look, looking at this through the other, like, lens, we always look at this through a U.S. soccer lens of, like, we need to catch up to Mexico and they have deeper talent pool and whatever, but the top end of our talent pool is better. And the top end of our talent pool showed up when we played Mexico. And uh, I mean, I think I retweeted from our Twitter account or whatever, because I really like this graphic, but it was uh, just like the number of players for, from the U S and from Mexico who are playing in different tiers in Europe. And so you could like, think about that. However you want to set the cutoff, you can see it in this one graphic basically is like, if you want to set the cutoff as big five leagues, there's like twice as many Americans playing in big five leagues as Mexico. If you want to set it as Europa League, twice as many Americans. Champions League, I think it was like, whatever, seven Americans and one or two Mexicans. It's just like, 
the the that talent pool, your best eleven type talent pool, is just better in America right now. Those guys are very young, and that's why we maybe don't expect uh, the world out of this, or we like should temper our own expectations for the U.S. But Mexico right now is in like Palmer saying, I was going to say a down cycle. They don't have a ton of top end talent right now. So going and winning away in CONCACAF in Edmonton to a pretty good team, like you can't expect that. That's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's nonsense. All right. So opinions are split. Uh, I, I'm, I was on the Palmer train here a few days ago, but the more I look at it, the more I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, just, just let it ride. I do think that Mexico's got more talent than Canada. And Canada's yeah, seems to really have them figured out at this point. So that's maybe a concern is that, uh, I mean, Canada's got plenty of good players, but that a less talented team can really kind of run them off the pitch. Um, but anyway, I think, I think Mexico will probably be fine. Pedro, deep breaths. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this together. Hopefully we'll all get to the World Cup. But even if we don't, it really doesn't matter. It's just a game. It's <laughs> Um, but that, th- wait, can I, I was, my, uh, my parents are visiting, uh, this week and, uh, my dad and I watched the Pittsburgh Steelers game together. Um, oh, they got which, battered. Oh, it was terrible. Right. Um, and he was sitting next to me on the couch and was like very twitchy. Um, at one point, like he was like scratching the side of the chair uh <laughs> just out of nerves and i looked over i was like are you okay uh and he's like yeah i'm fine i was like why are you so nervous it's it's just a game we're we're gonna go get a christmas tree after this like <laughs> life is gonna go on it's gonna be okay <laughs> i got an 88 year old grandfather who went to the packers game today uh, in green bay and uh is absolutely just as twitchy as as, as you'd like from for anybody. <laughs> it doesn't. Just, you don't age out of it in some cases. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about them. Sports are dumb. Sports are just so dumb. <laughs> They're only good if you want to have a podcast to talk about them. That's it. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we're we're eight out of fourteen games in. Uh, Canada is in first place, 16 points. U.S. in second with 15. Mexico and Panama, 14. Costa Rica, 9 in fifth. Uh, so Costa Rica is five points out of the playoffs. Seems like there's a lot of stratification here with the top four teams looking pretty solid, the bottom four teams on the outside looking in. Um, we we like to do these kind of check-ins of like nervousness and you know percent likely the U.S. will qualify. Uh, I think Colin sent out a text saying that the fourth-place team – We'll play the Oceania uh, team in an international playoff. That just got figured out this week, so that's great news for us. So knowing all that stuff, Colin, how confident are you the U.S. will qualify for the World Cup right now? 90%. And is that, is that like – what did you say before? I don't remember. Is that like up, the same, down? Uh, it's definitely up. Yeah, it's definitely up. Okay. Palmer, are you scratching the chair? What I, Let me see those hands, Palmer. <laughs> I'm good, baby. I'm calm. I'm 98%. 98%. Not even nervy. Wow. I think it was like a 95%, but it's a nervous 98%. 95%. We're in, baby. Yeah. We're in. Beautiful. I Beautiful. I love it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm probably a little bit below you guys. Maybe I'm uh, 85%. I think I was 80 before. Maybe I was 85 before. I'm always 85 <laughs> until we get in. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you Anything just, else? You just know how bad it would feel to be like, yeah, we're 99% in, and then not get in. You're like, oh, God, that hurts. Yeah. yeah. If I ever that. admitted that we were, yeah. I've been on 538.com. I know that you get your hopes up, and then they just get dashed. Um, anything else from the last round that you guys want to, you want to talk through anything that so long. Your interest? It feels so long ago, it was, it was literally b- yeah. before several holidays that have since come and gone Yeah, or come and are when here. your home games, when your home games draw away. Yeah. That's I, I will say that, uh, the things I've been thinking about is this is our squad depth because the next set is a three game set. Whereas that one was a two and McKenney, uh, this weekend looked like he may have hurt his knee. Um, and the scans were okay today that he, he doesn't have like significant ligament damage in his knee. So, uh, that's big for us uh, and getting Giorena healthy would be big and a fully healthy Christian Pulisic would be very helpful. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just cause you mentioned Wes, I wasn't going to say this, but him not being in games has made more of a difference than I thought. We've had some pretty rough outings when he's not been there. So Wes, don't get hurt, please. We need you. Uh, and I'll just say that Canada, it, it was Canada's like your friend who's like not as good at you as something and you're like coaching them up. And then all of a sudden they're like maybe better than you. And you're like, yeah. oh, this, <laughs> this has gone too far. This is not, this not is not what I wanted. This isn't funny anymore. Yeah. This is when you turn off the PlayStation in the middle of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. I do. I, I have a question about, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know what the run order is. So I, uh, speaking of Canada, and you mentioned the the four degree game, um, is that an advantage? Are we really like we scheduled uh, a game? The U.S. men's national team scheduled a game in Minnesota in like February. Uh, so stupid. But um, yeah. Is this is it really an advantage to play like these guys don't play in cold weather all the time? Like it's it's not like it's this is silliness, isn't it? I mean, I think there's got to be an advantage up to a certain point, right? Like if you are, you know, used to playing in 80 degrees every day and then you got to play in 40 degrees, that's probably going to be different. You're, you're going to be thrown off a little bit. But at a certain point, like you can't just, it's not like one degree down you go, that's going to be like helpful for your team. At a certain point, that's got to just like <laughs> flatten out. And I think, you know, the, the Edmonton game or like the Minnesota in February game feels like, we're at the point of diminishing returns or like maybe even you're inconveniencing or you're hurting your own players by being so cold. Yeah. I mean, it's all the, like, if you have more talent, you want to play a more like controlled environment and have like the game be more pure or like go to script. If you have less talent, see many, uh, minnow, conquer calf minnows, you want it to be wild and like weird and not like soccer. And, and so that's the part of it. That's kind of weird. It's like, we should have more talent. We should feel like we have more talent. We don't need to resort to these things and introducing the randomness of the weather or whatever, uh, should not, you know, random results is not, is not going to play in our, in our favor. That said, I do think, I mean, if, as long as we don't get, you know, which we very well could, I think the Minnesota game is a stupid idea. As long as we don't get 10 degrees or, six inches of snow or whatever um if we get 30 degrees like 30 degrees is i think very helpful because like a lot of our guys will have grown up in places where 30 degrees is not a big deal to them a lot of their guys will have grown up in places where that's the coldest they've ever been and that will be a thing to them 
like yeah. whatever. It just so. feels like just play in like Kansas City. Yeah, don't, exactly. Don't play in Minnesota. That's fine. Like Baltimore no. would would do it. Baltimore this, in February would do it. Yeah, whatever. Sure. This is like the friend who just takes things too far. You're like pushing each other around. Exactly. And all of a exactly. He punches you in the face. And you're like, dude, we were just joking. <laughs> Minnesota, really, bro? Come on. I got. I mean, I understand. I get it, right? But like, those guys, the guys that play on Canada, I don't know how many of them are playing in in Canada now, right? I imagine a lot of them are playing in warm, quote unquote, warmer climates, not. Sure. Yeah. Basically, anywhere. I mean, anywhere. Football, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and you know, you grew up playing like that. Great, fine, right? I lived in Chicago for ten years. I've moved to Portland, uh, much more temperate winter. I go back to Chicago, and it's fucking cold. It sucks. <laughs> it's not never, like that's why you never made it in the pros, though. Yeah. <laughs> fucking soft. Yeah, right. But I don't know. I just don't. I think it's silliness. Yeah. I do like this idea of like the uh, as the degrees drop, the expected goals go up for some team. That's interesting. Yeah, it is kind of funny also to think about the U.S. and Canada just constantly one upping each other. Yeah, and yeah. it's just going to have their next game in like I don't Yukon know Yukon territory. Just, yeah, whatever. The Yukon territory. <laughs> yeah, just set it up. We're we're doing it. It's going to be. No one can play colder than us. Chalk off some tundra up there. Like, it's literally not even a stadium. It's just, like, yeah. an open grassland. They're not yeah. cutting the grass. It's, it's like, wispy, they're, knee-high they're grass. Just, they're just rolling down the snow. There's too much <laughs> snow to actually, like, shovel away. You can just push it down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's very silly. All right, we're going to keep moving. Uh, next email is from Keevan. This is, this is a classic. A cla- this is just really set up for us in the best possible way. Um, so... <laughs> NBC won the Premier League rights. I think it's like $7 billion or no, $27 billion over six years. Just a, just a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, more money than you need to ever think about. And so Keevan says, uh, it got him thinking, what streaming service would the thread prefer having the rights with the Premier League? Things to think about include availability, analysts, cross-show integration. It's my favorite part. Uh, so he gives <laughs> example of like, Ted Lasso making an appearance if Apple Apple TV had the Premier League. Um, fake stories about Ray Donovan cleaning up Premier League messes. That's very, very silly. <laughs> uh, so the ones that he lists off, obviously this is not all streaming services, but Peacock, Apple TV, Hulu, Netflix, ESPN+, Disney+, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Showtime, Paramount+, or your streaming service, your favorite streaming service. Uh, Colin, what you got? I mean, uh, I don't know how much I voice this opinion, but as someone who used to go on ESPN.com like every day, first thing in the morning, ESPN's video player is fucking terrible. So bad. Mm. It's so bad. And it just (laughs) blows my mind that it's so bad and it's been so bad for so many years. So as long as it's not on ESPN, I mean, like in one sense, it would be like, oh, that's cool. Like I could just go on ESPN, one app, and I could be like, do I want to watch this La Liga game? Or this Premier League game, or, you know, they have like or MLS is on there. Like they have rights across different leagues, and that would be cool to have all the soccer leagues on one app. But their video player is so bad, and it it crashes on multiple devices of mine, and like whatever, it always has. And so fuck that shit. I'm tired of that. Amazon Prime, everyone has that, because uh, you have Amazon. It doesn't break. Just put it on there. I don't watch it. I don't watch soccer with sound. 
uh, 99% of the time I watch soccer. So I don't give a shit about analysts. Uh, and so I just want availability and uh, not crashing. So I will take, I'm pretty, I'm pretty agnostic on this, but the tie-ins with uh, both Amazon Prime and to a lesser extent, Disney Plus, I feel like there are plenty of, plenty of good tie-ins there. Oh my God! Okay. What a you're like a corporate shill. We're looking for the we're looking for some. Uh, for the record, uh, I I don't have Amazon Prime. Wow, so. <laughs> you just you're a good person. I'm a, I'm an outlier. Palmer, what you got? I, I mean, Colin with the you know, buzz marketing here, but I I gotta <laughs> say, where we uh, we need a, the streaming service. I like this idea of like crossover content yes keep it on keep it on peacock bravo is part of the nbc universal network i'm pretty sure true uh we need real housewives of chelsea real housewives (laughs) of liverpool oh my god real housewives of watford (laughs) give me that 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 is gonna that's gonna bring my life in we're gonna be able to watch we're gonna we're gonna be able to watch games together like where is that content i don't care the, the same way. Um, care about this the is very service. good. This is the F one show. What's the F one show? Drive to Drive survive. Drive to survive, baby. Drive to survive. Has gotten yeah. all your wives into F one. Like you need, yes, you need the premier league content to get them into the not premier. Yet. That's a great point. My wife, my wife has not gotten into F one. I've tried to watch that show. It if it's not Real Housewives, if it doesn't have Real Housewives <laughs> on the front of it, it doesn't yeah, matter. It, it's got to say Real Housewives of F one. Then the yeah. show would have yeah. <laughs> made it. Yep. You just always uh, fast forward through the the credits. Don't don't look at the name. Don't look at the name. Called Real Housewives. Just, <laughs> just trust me. Just trust um, me on this. God, Palmer. That Palmer is... just has like a Bravo logo sticker on his TV. Yeah. Just where the Bravo logo goes. The Real Housewives of every club uh, is absolutely genius. And yeah, frankly, I don't know Amazing. why that doesn't exist in at least some clubs. Um, Gotta happen. I. So I, they have like. There's a show. This show, if you're not watching this show on Bravo, by the way, not. step your game up. Below Deck, amazing show. <laughs> oh, amazing show. Shit. It's, it is like, so bad. you know, the it's, worst. it's yachting. It's so good. It's yachting. So bad. And then it's the people that help, right? There could be a Below Deck, like Manchester United. Yeah, when they you know, go to Ibiza or whatever. Yeah, amazing. Wait, it, it, Come on. wait, are the players the crew in this scenario or are the players just like on the boat? No, they're, they're the guests on the boat. Because okay. the crew and like talks shit about the guests and you know whatever. Right, that'd be fun. Yes, I mean yeah, basically just put all the your favorite players and their wives on Bravo TV. Make Palmer's it already watching it anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Palmer's gonna be watching Bravo someday, and she's gonna be like, "It's hmm. weird that, soccer content too." I is just... that Marcus Rashford? <laughs> um. So what I really want to see the show that I. I mean, I'm not alone here. Everyone loves this show. The Great British Bake Off. Just the most tranquil, peaceful show ever. I've probably talked about it before. I've never watched more than seven minutes because I fall asleep every time. Great show. It's incredible. (laughs) And so I'd love that crossover. I'd love having the bakers in the studio, like making certain bakes based on the players. Like, oh, there's a game in Hull. We're going to make a traditional Hull bread, whatever. I don't care. That'll be fun. Uh, that would get my wife interested, but then I'm really interested in the other way around where, I mean, the great British bake-off is famous for the, the competitors being very not competitive and really helping each other and get me Jamie Vardy in there baking a pie, 
next to, you know, Harry Maguire or whatever, and just being so, so friendly. And I would just love it. I would eat it up. We way better than watching soccer. <laughs> the Great British Breakoff with soccer players is a fucking great idea. It would be so funny. Um, it would only be like meat pies, though, and like, oh, yeah, we're making a sausage patty. <laughs> Oh shit! And I just like the idea of also having like, um, like I don't know how many people there are on the Great British Bake Off usually, but like there's like eight or ten of them in, in the early episodes at least, and like having like seven or eight uh, guys who are like nice guy Juan Mata types, and then oh, one who's like the heel. Incredible! Hundred. I was just thinking Juan Mata, yeah, and then one who's the heel, like Richarlison, like just <laughs> just fucking shit up and being like stealing people's food or whatever. I don't know. Sure. But I think it could be it could be fun because they always have like uh, you know kind of some international things, and you've got a lot of international players. So it's like, oh, we're Charleston. We're just happen to make some Brazilian bread this week. You should win this one. And who, it's just, who do you who you watch the show because they're nice to each other, right? So they're, they're so nice. You're not. We can't have like you can't have like the, Jamie Vardy. You can't have Jamie Vardy on the show because he's gonna ruin he's gonna ruin the experience for you. You need like nice players. So. You, Juan Mata, uh, Hungman Son has got to be on there, right? Like who who are the other nice guys in the well, Premier League? Well, but the thing is, I mean, bake? I want I want to see some of the competitors in there and see if just being in, in the, the tent. in the magic in the yeah. tent can make them nice for just like an hour. That's so good. Jurgen Klopp would be great on that show, just handing Jürgen, out hugs. Yeah, hugs maybe he could be the host. I think I think this has legs. I think this really has legs. I, I also like the idea of like French or Italian players who have higher like standards of cuisine, like just being really indignantly upset with other uh with players <laughs> who are like breaking the rules of French or Italian uh, you know, baking. Yeah. That this actually reminds me there's a video of uh Weston McKenney and I think Cellini. Oh, it's so good. They're, they're talking about food. Um and, you know, Chilean is just, like, disgusted by Weston McKinney. He's, like, talking about American food. And then he goes, oh, do you drink Italian coffee? Do you drink espresso? And Wes, Wes just goes, uh, no, I don't drink espresso. When I drink that, I shit myself or something like that. <laughs> what Weston says is, uh, have you, Wes says, have you heard of ranch dressing? Yeah. And Chilean goes, no. And he says, it's a white salsa. You know, he's just saying sauce. It's a white salsa that you put on salad and Chilean immediately is already like, no, no. don't do that. <laughs> he's and, like, we just, we just use olive oil. It's yeah. Better. He's just like, but then, but then Wes is like, but if you put it on pizza, it's really good. And, and Chilean just looks at him like, no, no. He's like so upset with him. Like, like just exactly what I'm talking about. Like, just like you just don't understand food and it's what you're saying is an abomination. And, I, I would, that's I, that's exactly the content I want on this Beautiful. great pretty baking show. Because also they're in that situation, they're like teammates, right? So they're so nice yeah. to each other about it. And I th- I mean, it could be really fun if you had just the whole team in there instead of stars. Mm. You just have Spurs, the great British yeah. baking show, or whatever. <laughs> um, you could also have it could be fun, like you know, normally they're all making the same kind of thing, but it could be like, all right. This week, everyone just make a bread from your home country or something, and you know you get you get some nice stories in there. It, this could be great. This could be really fun. Amazing. <laughs> throw, throw some Real Housewives of Liverpool in there, and it's all good. <laughs> I also like the idea of if you do it uh, with the 
uh, uh, just one team. Like the manager gets in there and he manages while they're all baking, yeah. going yeah, around yeah. each of their stations, being like, "Oh, come on, you fucking shit!" Like, yeah, and you can see players. like which guy's like a man manager versus like a really tactical guy. Yeah, it's like, no, more flour, more flour, and the other guys just soothing <laughs> him. You're doing a great job. <laughs> You're doing great. This bread's gonna be incredible. <laughs> I always knew you were going to be a good baker. I always knew it since you were a youth player. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Moving on here. Man, This these all email pods are, are really fun. Uh, send us more emails because we can just talk about whatever we want or whatever you want us to talk about. Either way. It's basically the exactly. same thing. Uh, Swick sent us in just an email of Tiago's incredible goal this week. Uh, if you haven't seen it, incredible. Just 30 yards out. It's the freaking laser. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to say on this. I mean, 30 yards out of laser does not describe it. Like, we see that all the time. We don't see this goal ever, basically. He, like, it's a bouncing ball that he strikes down on in a way that, with the outside of his foot, where normally when you strike a ball with the outside of your foot, you would get, you know, like left. I'm a right-footed player, but I don't have a left foot at all. Uh, left to right movement of the ball. He strikes it, he tilts his body, so when he strikes the ball with the outside of his foot, he gets down to up movement. Okay, so the did ball. the ball not hit the ground? Because I watched the this like barely, 50 times, it, and it, I couldn't tell. It brushes, it brushes the grass, mm. just just like like your golf club does, just yeah. on the top. It, does, it doesn't bounce off the grass. Yeah, yeah, okay. But that down to up nature of that ball and like at that height as well like where you can clearly see that he strikes it down and it ends going upward is fucking sick like that's just disgusting and amazing and cool and like in a way like the roberto carlos famous goal where you're just like the slow-mo of it is just like uh, i want to watch that 50 times basically yeah like yeah can you like and you're just like if i don't know I don't know what, you, what you're just like. I'm just like, holy shit, would it be amazing to strike a ball like that one time? Just even if I was just hitting it over towards the corner flag so that somebody else could take a corner kick. Mm-hmm. Like to just be able to one time hit a soccer ball like that. To do anything pure. that good. Yeah. Frankly. Just that would be amazing. To send an email that's just like. Oh, that good. <sighs> like that is just so good. Oh. And, and just, everyone's forwarding people, the email like look at this email look at this that, fucking you know, email can you my believe friend's this co-worker's email? uncle god i have never seen an email like this like i didn't even think Guys, an email could be this it, we're not a, asking that's the kind the of right thing where like here. come on and soccer how often with how much soccer we watch do you see a play where you're like oh shit yeah that's new palmer, palmer what, what's the question though what's the question we should be asking did he mean it did he mean it <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah I was obviously I'm a massive Everton supporter and he's a Liverpool player and that was just still I don't care that was like the best thing. I, there's a great I'll send it to you guys. There's a great tweet where it's it's just the slow mo. I don't you may have seen it, but it's set to um, uh, Father Stretch My Hands Part One, the Kanye West <laughs> song, uh, and it's slow, so it's just like the first half of the song um, is. Uh, played in this in the in the replay of the goal and it has all the angles uh it almost like hits a guy's leg but doesn't as it goes through uh it's just incredible it is an incredible goal 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes with those incredible goals, I'm just not sure how to describe them. So I'm glad you guys were able to jump in and really do it justice instead of my just generic 30 yards out bomb, which is also true, but so much but more. Jacob so Klesmas more. does that for the union. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. All right. Uh, speaking of MLS, next email is from uh, Revs fan number one. Uh, he's really excited because Nani is, is he retiring or is he just leaving the Revs? He's, he didn't uh, get his leaving. contract renewed by, the, by Orlando. Yeah, so he's leaving Orlando City, which he puts city in quotes, which I think is funny. Uh, <laughs> he lists his accomplishments, his greatest accomplishments there as reaching the finals of the MLS's back tournament. Uh, Ryan says, what a despicable franchise. Sports Scheidenfreude is one of the last areas in the world where we can be truly justified by the pain of others. <laughs> I mean, how, how do you guys feel about this in particular and then sports uh, Scheidenfreude more generally? Palmer. I, I'm all for it. Sports are so dumb <laughs> and they make us do dumb shit. And this is one of the dumb things that we do, but I'm all for it. I love it. Colin, we know, we know you love it. I couldn't agree more. Like the, the, his nonsensical distaste for Orlando city is, you know, chef's kiss, the point of sports. Like I have no feeling like, Oh, this guy revs fan one is going to like take his distaste of Orlando city too far. And, try to commit violent acts against, you know, Orlando city supporters. Yeah. No, he just, he just likes to laugh at, uh, you know, their lack of accomplishments or that they put city in the branding or like the, you know, which is basically just being like their front office hired some consultants that he doesn't agree with. Like, what is that really? Like a business <laughs> hired some consultants that you don't like, like, at the core of it, it's a nonsensical opinion or a nonsensical thing to care about that much. But like that's sports, baby. Like get in there, <laughs> care. It makes you feel good. It gives you something to live for. Fuck yeah, do it. Love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I have no feelings whatsoever for Orlando City, but I have no problem with anyone hating on them for an irrational reason. Yep, I love it. I love it. Uh, I walked by someone. Uh, the other day, someone's car had a Duke sticker on it. I just thought, what, a, what an asshole. What an asshole <laughs> like Duke. You must be a jerk. <laughs> uh, all right. Last but definitely not least, uh, another email from Pedro. Uh, he just sent a really – Pedro, I mean, thank you, man. Like, we were texting about this email. Just like – this was one of the nicest emails we've ever gotten. Uh, I'm not going to share all of it because I think some of it is just kind of a – personal but it was just a big it was a it was a thank you letter for us uh and we mm. we appreciate it i mean i think we mostly pod just so we can talk to each other but the big secondary reason is to connect with you know the four people out there who are listening uh <laughs> and you know to just be able to hear from our friends and i was talking to someone uh who i hadn't seen in like five or six years over the weekend actually and he's like yeah i still listen to the pod still listen to it all the time and it was just made me really happy yeah. Yep. If if this if we didn't have listeners who emailed in shit like uh Pedro just emailed in, we would have just turned this into a whatever Zoom chat or whatever a long time yeah. ago that we would not be recording it. So 
Very much um, appreciated. I don't know. We probably would be recording it because we, we decided to do this. Put all the fucking. Oh no! You know, you just no, live no, no. on a hard drive. That's, that's Cliff's, true. In Cliff's living that's, room. I mean, that's a hundred percent true. But when we started this, we started this because we were like, oh yeah, we we email all the time. Maybe we should put this on wax. Uh, and it was just silly, and it still is silly. And the fact that you know Pedro wrote this email, um, thanking us. Uh, is just it's incredible it's i like i i'm emotional already you know you know me you're soft we've been uh, over this already on I, this episode <laughs> yeah 100 percent. brought tears to my eyes it is you know as a uh as an educator um and i'm not saying that we've taught pedro anything but as oh, an not. educator in, in my in my profession uh you don't you don't get thanked a lot or you don't see your returns um come through and if and if you can you know have any impact on anybody it feels good to for someone to say thank you so um you know the fact that that pedro listens to us and emails in and participates and uh and we are able to to bring joy uh to him is is just it's why we did this pod the four of us um it's why the threat exists and and we're just uh i'm i'm just i'm touched by that email uh, i love it that was, you, it was absolutely amazing i love that you use the word participate this is definitely a classroom word definitely a teacher <laughs> word <laughs> it's 10% of pedro's great it's, after all so it's I'm definitely glad that like he's doing pedro it. i've noticed you've been really participating in class recently and it hasn't gone unrecognized. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, that was that was really great, Pedro. So um, thank you very much. Amazing, amazing. Um, he also had a more episode friendly question. Uh, he just finished up his urban planning one on one course. Uh, shout out to urban planning, Pedro. I may be following up with a, a more detailed email about that later on. Uh, <laughs> and he says, out of all the stadiums you've been to. Which do you think has had the best sort of planning around it? So he says, he describes that as like the most focused on public transit or best integrated into the surrounding city. Uh, so I feel like this is something that we've definitely talked about uh, on various emails and maybe even podcasts before. Uh, but Colin, what stadiums come to mind for you? And that's so, not, we, we don't have to limit it to soccer stadiums, I would say. Okay, yeah. So um, I think... I mean, there's obviously a bunch that you like throw away, right? That are like crap. But then there's kind of like, so the, so there's a bunch that are crap because they're in the suburbs. Then there's some that are in the city that aren't really connected to transit in a meaningful way. And, um, you know, there are a lot of these in, in America, quite frankly, like downtown stadiums. But people normally drive and, and park in a parking garage or they take one of many transit options. And it's generally fine and a better option, but uh, not stand out in a way. The things that stand out to me, the two types that have stood out to me in my personal experience are one, the the South Philly situation, which is where there's maybe a bunch of stadiums, maybe just one, but it has its own dedicated stop on the subway or whatever your transit line is. And then you get, you're right there, boom. And then you're also right home, boom. And that's very convenient for people who live anywhere near the subway, live in the city, um, because you can go to a game and like, you can be like, you know, your buddy can text you and you can be like, can you get to the, do you want to go? I have an extra ticket. And you're like, yeah, I'll be there in 20 minutes or 15 mm-hmm. minutes. I'll be at the stadium in 15 minutes. And, you know, as a 20 something year old who doesn't have a lot of money or a car. 
And that's great. I like that. But it's not a super memorable experience in a way. So, like, I think that's if I was designing, if I was urban planning, I'd think about that um, scenario. But one that I actually enjoyed as a fan was uh, Tottenham Hotspur, actually. Uh, because there, the situation is that the stadium is not directly at the uh, tube stop, but it, there is one tube stop that everyone's going to get off, and you're all fucking walking, whatever it is, uh, mm-hmm. half a mile, quarter mile, whatever. But it's this massive kind of groundswell of people walking, and they all got off at that tube stop, or maybe you know some are coming from the neighborhood, but there's a lot of people walking from that tube stop. And th- so then there's like the atmosphere. You have that really cool like atmosphere builds. There is atmosphere on the train. There's atmosphere when you get get off the train. But as you get closer and closer, there's more and more and more. And then you get there and you're like, wow, this is a really big deal. It's just a fucking game against Southampton. Like, it's not a big deal. But, <laughs> like, that whole thing is really cool. Um, and so I wouldn't, like, underrate that experience either. I mean, maybe it gets old for some people or whatever. But I think that, I thought that was really cool. I, I mean, I agree with you 100%. It's uh, the stadiums that are... And this is this is hard now, right? Because um, sta- the bigger stadiums have to get placed way out where there's space. The stadiums that are old, that are built into neighborhoods where the stadium just kind of rises out of nowhere. Um, I'm thinking like Wrigley Field for one. Colin talks about like that game day atmosphere. Um, the game day atmosphere around Wrigley Field in Wrigleyville is just amazing, right? Uh, it's usually drunk and disorderly, um, but there's also some some good times being had in that in that area. And there's a great stadium. It's a cool old stadium. Um, you know, I think about going to Everton and like walking uh, to um, to Goodison, and we walked in the street, and that and you kind of feel that that uh, um, atmosphere kind of rise through uh, through the through the streets. Um, Portland, I don't, you know, don't want to be a homer, but I really like, um, I really like the Portland Stadium. Um, it's, it is in like the middle of downtown, but Colin, you talk about like access. There's a bunch of max stops. It's easy to walk to. Um, you can park anywhere and just walk a bunch of restaurants around. No offense, um, Palmer. I, I mean, I was, I thought was the one I thought of in America. I went yeah. six months ago with you. Yeah. From your house in Portland. We drove. Okay. We got out. Yes. We walked. Yep. Not with a bunch of fans who were who were chanting and excited. We got to the stadium. We watched the game. We went back. It was That's good. Fair. It was like really good yeah. for like, hey, if I'm gonna if I want convenience, right? So the same thing I'm thinking of is growing up in Milwaukee and going to Bucks games. Same thing. Yeah. Just like fifteen minute drive, be able to park, walk three blocks, watch the game, go home. Great. I like that. I like that a lot better than a lot of situations I've been in. Uh, being a Philadelphia Union fan, having to drive to Chester, for sure, it's way better. But it's not special. It's overrated. Honestly, I, I thought it was over. Like, as like American, like we act like Portland is this fucking amazing thing. The stadium is very cool. The stadium was was very cool, but the game day experience was not okay. Shit. Okay. First of all, you had run. 35 miles or whatever you did. Still had more energy than you. Despite that. Second of all, second of all, it was 120 degrees out. 
and we're like kind of middle pandemic thing like so it was a yeah, little yeah. weird let's be fair with little, that okay fair uh so we, i would we still say drove though uh, like this is a I question say, about come, transit and you're we drove oh that's well, i know that's fair i'm i'm asking I, i'm just saying like transit was an option we that's on you could have taken transit. no it's not palmer he drove me that's i mean palmer. i didn't drive the car <laughs> It's not on the stadium. There's a there's a station right outside. There is. I mean, but if that station is. isn't connected to the rest of the city, like it doesn't matter, right? So like there's a station in Milwaukee by the Bucks, like on the little trolley that goes for a half mile. Like it doesn't matter if it's not some part of a broader network, right? This is Urban Planning one oh one. Prado's gonna tell you this shit. He knows this shit already. I mean, I, I don't know enough I'm about still, where I'm Palmer still saying lives, Providence but... Parks. I feel like this is this not, is an interesting take, a very contrarian take from Colin, which I'm not opposed to because I love. Part, sh- I'm not saying it's Portland. bad. It's probably, st- I mean, it's definitely in the top two or three or five in MOS. But we, I think people act like it's this shining star and and amazing. It's it's ah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple others that come to mind for me, uh, Audi Field in terms of like being in a neighborhood is is pretty good it's not incredible uh but it's pretty good it's also near a, a good transit system colin uh and then i like i haven't been there but the lot, new actually it's what? very good i love actually i love the dc metro a lot yeah it's nice it's nice uh also the new cincinnati stadium uh i haven't been there but it looks like it's it's quite lovely quite nicely integrated uh into the city mm-hmm. And then, yeah, one other that I wanted to give a shout out to that I I walked by, so I'm counting it. I didn't go to a game there. Uh, is the Athletic Bilbao Stadium? Uh, it's just like right in the city. It's a really really fucking cool city. Uh, a lot of transit there. You can just walk right up there. It's like a huge. It's like a fifty thousand person stadium. It's just like like a five minute walk from the center of the city. Very very cool. Uh, would love to go to a game there, but have not. Uh. Any other honorable mentions here? I mean, I, when I think about all of the, the part of this question that's like out of all the stadiums you've been to, I think another cool way to measure this in a way would be to say like, uh, if I, I wish I could, this is like nonsensical to say, but I wish I could, could have a list of all the stadiums I've been to and the percentage of people that walked to the game that day. And I think... If the percentage of people that walked like, to, only walked, like left only their house, walked, only and they walked, just walked right to just the game, walked to the game, right? I think that would correlate pretty well to my opinion of like how much I liked the stadium and the game day atmosphere and blah blah blah. And it might skew very grassroots, right? A lot of those would be like, <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of people walked to the Tranmere game because they all high school from Birkenhead, like whatever, you know, like <laughs> yeah, they did walk because. I mean, they would either walk or take the one bus like that you they could take, whatever. But like, I think that there's something to that, right? Like those atmospheres are have something different or like more authentic, or I, I don't know how you want to say it. But like, um, I think that would be a cool thing to see. Like maybe Bill Bow would be like your biggest club that's on that top ten or something like that, where the most people walk to the game, um, and that would say something about yeah the stadium location and and the kind of people that go or whatever. I remember uh, I went to, this would be my last last stadium anecdote. I went to a stadium, which I can't remember the name of. I always have to try and look it up, uh, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, for like a, a club game. 
and it wasn't i mean they i think their transit system has gotten better but at the time there it wasn't great and they just had a shitload of charter buses and people just chartered buses from like like kind of like an nfl game probably uh and that was really really cool to see and atmosphere was was bumping um yeah i don't know that's that's the run order guys soccer thread at gmail.com anything else that's all i got thank you pedro thank you cliff Thanks, Cliff. Peace. Thanks, Cliff. Bye. Kids, I gotta sign off. This baby is sleeping still. It's good. We missed George's question. He said, "I think my answer is Joe Thomas, the most fam- the football player who I threw shot put against." Would that count for your conversation? Who is more famous, Joe Thomas or Landon Donovan? The answer is Landon Donovan is more famous. Uh, that's just George talking about George. Um, oh, you want me to host and then just be like, now to Mike for emails. All right. Well, I'm recording. Is Cliff really going to edit this? I'm recording too. Oh, man. If Cliff is recording. Hi, Cliff. This is this is going to be the best pod we've put out in like months, maybe possibly a year. I better get my audio on point. Mm. Cross show integration. Just live on a hard drive in Cliff's in Cliff's living room. Woo!